Philosophy Friday with Nick Cleveley. Clearly, this is your spot. This is your time to shine. This is the day for which you were born. You are Nick Haleos. <laughs> Mikomen, which is the word more than conquerors. More than conquerors. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, was, it was so, I was doing this Pimsleur Greek course, this modern Greek course, you know, and, yeah. uh, and they talk about like uh, Champion Street. You know, and it's like the whole like, please will yeah. you direct me to Champion Street, and uh, <laughs> and it's Nikki Hodos. Nikki, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Hodos Nikki. Uh, yeah, it's a good name. Call your kid Nicholas. It's yeah. a good name. There we go. Nicoleo, champion of the people. Nicoleo, nice. <laughs> All right, excellent. So we, uh, what do we do now? Argument from experience. Yep. So we've done uh, argument from desire. Dude, have we gone, are we going charismatic? What are we doing? Yes, definitely. So we've, okay. we've obviously moved into subjective territory. Okay. But truth is also subjective. Mm-hmm. That's, I love that's this point. Big, that's a big statement, you know, because yeah. we talk about objective truth. But, hey, does isn't truth also subjective? Mm. Don't we know it inwardly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, of, and, of course, it is. So here's, here's the basic form of the argument. Millions of Christians of all different types of ages, from all types of different educational backgrounds and levels, from, from all sorts of cultural experiences, testify to a real experience of knowing God. Mm. This includes answers to prayer, transformed character in life, joy inexpressible and full of glory, even a real sense of God's presence, mm-hmm. an overwhelming sense of guilt and terror alleviated by being forgiven, etc. Millions of people experience it. Mm-hmm. Are they all wrong? Mm, that's great. Yeah, it's powerful. It's huge. I remember. Um, do you remember Nikki? Was it Nikki Cruz? Who's that gangster guy? That, that yeah, guy? that's fun. That's is one. it Nikki Dave Cruz? Walker's yeah. So like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's the one. Yeah, totally. I remember seeing a, um, a like an interview randomly. I mean, this is like back in the day, but um, he was just talking to someone. He was saying like, "Listen, you want you want proof that that Jesus is real." You know, if you want, if you want to, if you want to touch something, uh, if you want to, if you want to feel something, come right here and touch me, because here I am. You know, <laughs> and <laughs> he's like all this badass dude. You know, and um, and he's just saying like, like, look, my life and the way that it has changed and the way the things that I've experienced have got to count for something. And it's just the age old like, hey, bear witness for Christ. You know, um, yeah. I, I think always of the of the the man who was healed by Jesus, the who was blind, but then he was able to see, and then he gets like just no sooner that he gets his sight, he's dragged into the, before the Sanhedrin, and uh, they're like, "Tell us about this Jesus, don't you know all these things about him?" And he's like, "I don't know, I don't know. All I know is this: uh, you know, once he, was blind, but now I see." Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I mean, who's going to mess with that? You know? Okay, now I realize that at that level, he's sort of giving some more empirical um, evidence. But you know, the, the concept behind that, from his side anyway, is just saying, you know, I don't need to know anything more than I know to in order to say something that's true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, something I think what we need to sort of premise the whole discussion with is in non-Western cultures. Mm. This is Still a very important and powerful way of speaking mm. about our knowing God. Mm-hmm. 
It's in our it's in our Western context with a history of modernism, with a bias towards naturalistic explanations of things, mm-hmm. that this this argument has fallen on hard times. Mm. So you know, what is our epistemology? Are we biased, prejudiced? Are we uh, you know empiricistic or verificationist? Mm. That we are we automatically prejudice the case against experience. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is what the objections look like to this, you know, because, I mean, this is this is your basic Christian. They 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 get saved. They get born again. They, they experience radical things in their hearts, in mm. their minds. Mm. They have this joy. They have this peace. They have this forgiveness. And they go around telling their friends that they've met Jesus. Mm-hmm. And here are some of the typical objections. You know, firstly, this form of knowledge is automatically disqualified and invalid because it cannot be verified. And mm-hmm. so it gets brushed away as irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's your naturalist. Mm-hmm. Or secondly, this is your postmodernist. There's the retort that every religion has claims to experiences. How do you know that yours is right? Yeah. So you've got your postmodern epistemology, mm-hmm. you've got your naturalist epistemology. And so how does the argument from experience, can it find a place mm. in this sort of environment? And, and I think definitely it should and it could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the things is that it doesn't leave it there. It's not the only thing. And that's, no. that's basically the, and it's, you know, it's in some sense a very obvious point, but it's, it needs to be said because if you, I just think of, for example, um, you know, you just mentioned all, all sorts of religions have their uh, experience. Well, you know, Mormonism comes along with the burning of the bosom, makes such a big yeah. deal out of this as the definitive thing. Um, but they have no way of going past that point. And so, you know, at that level, I think to believe something that someone says that they experience without any possibility of ever verifying it is a little bit foolish. And, you know, prep <laughs> is a risky endeavor at very minimum. But, yeah, I mean, just to understand that it's it's really just the starting point for that faith that then is verifiable and is uh, able to, you know, find an understanding and, and, and so much can come from that. And then, of course, you know, that takes it right out of the realm of, of arrogance that, you know, my, my feeling yeah. is right and therefore superior to yours uh, to really a matter of going, well, if something is verifiably true, should we not also feel it subjectively, you know, yeah. um, which exactly. is a totally different kettle of fish. So, I mean, just I think we need to try and make more space at the table of knowledge for the subjective, this form of subjective argument. Because, I mean, and there's a couple of ways we can do that in our Western context. The first thing we need to do is go on the offensive and say, you've raised this objection from a naturalist epistemology or a mm-hmm. postmodern epistemology. Those epistemologies aren't neutral, they're biased. You have certain assumptions which I want to now lay bare and inspect and show you that you, you, you have a, a case that is prejudiced. Mm. And wrongly so. And so, I mean, our, an initial response sounds very simple, but it could be something that says something like this. Knowledge of it from experience could be wrong, but it could also be right. It could also be right, yeah. True that a person could could think a thing be real and be mistaken, but or they could be mis- deceitful, or is it is it true? Mm. Mm. So we're using it to raise the question. We're using it to, to create a hunger and a thirsting. Mm. Totally. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, here's, here's philosopher Richard Swinburne. So he actually... He's got two principles that he uses to make space for the argument from experience. Mm-hmm. So the first one is the principle of credulity. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just using his forms. Richard Swinburne, by the way, I think he's a process theologian. He's not a good guy by any means, but he's a, a, a theistic philosopher. Okay. <coughs> he says something like this. Innocent until proven guilty. 
even if the burden of proof is on the one who's testifying subjectively, that's still okay for the Christian in that it still maps out. It still checks out. You know, it's still a thing to be reckoned with. You know, in other words, um, you've got someone coming into the court of law or just, you know, giving his testimony and everyone together mocks and scoffs and says, well, our default, you know, reaction here is to think that you're lying. Okay, it'd be quite a weird reaction or just a whatever. But even in that case, if that person can then go, okay, well, look at this, this and this, um, you know, that stops the, the scuffer, it stops the market, you know, who is reasonable um, yep. at any level. So, you know, even if it wasn't the case that the burden rested on the one, um, you know, hearing the testimony, it, it's it's just, um, it's that forceful, the Christian testimony. So, you know, turn that around and you, it's just powerful. Definitely. Yeah. And what we're not saying is this, we're not saying believe everything anyone ever says. Sure. Okay, and then this is so here we want to bring the Christian experience to the subjective argument, and we mm. want to say the reason we trust our experience is because it lines up with the Bible. Yeah, yeah, totally. We read Romans seven, and we talk. We see the wretched man. Do we know ourselves as the wretched man? Mm. Mm. We hear about joy inexpressible and full of glory. Have we experienced that joy? Mm. We we hear about the Spirit teaching our hearts to cry out, "Abba, Father." Do we know that cry? Mm. You know, we see the psalmist saying, you know, your word is like honey. Do you know the hunger for God's truth? Mm-hmm. And here we are resonating, not with our own experience, but with a standard that's outside of ourselves. Yep, and a so standard we, that's so credible on its own. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so basically what we're saying is this, is that we trust Christian experience because it agrees with the word. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's what it all comes back to. And that's different to trusting Mormon experience, which is just, you know, well, I felt an experience. You just have to believe me and trust that I've experienced it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's huge. Absolutely, because they can't do that. They can't. They can't point to a credible word. You know, the the word that they point to is itself. You know, very easily debunked and fraudulent. You know, so there's that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. That's that's the argument from experience. Boom. I like it. Yeah, I, I think people need to be empowered in that. And because especially in the realm of apologetics, you know, <laughs> that you can, uh, I haven't, I mean, very, very, I mean, you typically have nerds prosper in that environment, you know, they just sort of want to, oh, wow, there's this whole like arena for me to think about. And yeah, I can engage with unbelievers at this like heavily cerebral level and just, you know, yeah. make my philosophy major work for me and everything. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people are just like, oh, my goodness, that makes me never want to open my mouth again or share my faith ever again. Because, you know, just the very prospect of having to, you know, move into all these greater realms. And what I don't like about that uh, paralyzing effect that that um, that apologetic sometimes has on people is 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 that it it. it it undermines this very, very. I don't even like using the word basic, but just just the this very obvious, forceful, you know, um, baseline point that you know a Christian who has been changed uh, has a testimony, you know, um, and, and someone who's been resurrected from 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 uh, death to life, you know, how can you not? Use that as the number one thing to talk about. It's like asking the the person who was blind that now sees to explain why he should be so thrilled. <laughs> you know, at the fact that he sees, and you know, and and have to come up with a better reason for the fact that his whole world has been switched on. You know, there's he sees, and and that's all you need. You know, I think I think it's it's really important because you put you do put that evident that um at least that burden back where it should be. You something has happened. You know, you it can't. It's objectively true in you, um, yeah. 
and it 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 you know, maybe you are taking it on faith that that it can be proven to be objectively true outside of you but even from that very first point i mean you are saying something that that must be reckoned with you know just as a person who's had an experience and like well, you I mean, said yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, like, it's just, just even if nothing other than just going, oh, yeah, that's what millions have experienced and what the Bible, which is a, this massively credible, credible document, does say happens. Just that alone uh, just puts it in the arena of, of a very forceful testament. And, and I mean, just think about the way we, I mean, it's, um, I'm thinking here of uh, Aristotle's, you know, logos, pathos, ethos, mm. which is the most powerful one that, that brings an impact. It's yeah, ethos. ethos, right? Yeah. When, when you meet someone, let's say you know someone, and they encounter Christ, and they say, "Come and see," <laughs> and you see that person's emotion, you mm. know that person's life, mm. you feel the impact of the emotion as it's affecting them, as part of what's influencing you to believe that they've experienced something amazing. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about the the popularity of Oprah Winfrey, where people get on her her show, yeah. they got on her show and they told their stories. People just sit there crying as they weep, as people bear testimony. Right, exactly. It's one of the most powerful ways in which the Lord has given to us story to yeah. convey truth. Yeah, and it be despised. That's right. At the end of the day, we're all quite simple beings, you know, in that sense, you know, Fair. and and uh, as much as we can convince ourselves otherwise, that isn't. A, it's just the way we work, you know. It's the whole person that's being dealt with there. And yeah, God, so if, God you, knows if you're it. a university or you're an analytical person, you may have a false impression of the world. You may think that everyone's cold and analytical and logical. Mm. If you mm. like philosophy, you might think that most people are philosophical in their approach to life. Yeah. Most people are not. <laughs> yeah, amen. Most people are dumb. That's, yeah. <laughs> Most people don't think they feel themselves through life, and this generation, yeah. you know, yeah. feeling is the new truth. It's it's it's, and so, I mean, we don't we don't want to manipulate, no. but we want to recognize how the Lord has wired us to receive truth. And, and certainly, we don't want to undermine the basic apologetic from experience. Amen. Yeah. Good. All right. Sounds like a wrap to me. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Cheers, bro.